0: Are you ready to bring your real estate game to the next level? My name is James Prendamano. I'm the CEO and founder of PreReal. And over the past 25 years, I've closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate. Each week, I'm meeting with outstanding investors, high-performing individuals, and visionaries operating in the real estate space. These are the people that are actually out there in the real estate game right now getting it done. This podcast aims at bringing anyone's game to the next level. This is the Pre-Real Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Pre-Real Podcast. We're joined today by Mike and Legia Deaton. Uh, They are the founders of Deaton Equity Partners. Um, There's a lot of common threads we're going to talk about in today's show. Um, We actually took a a program together and and we'll get into that and we'll explain uh but they're they're apparently living the dream it seems like guys you guys are are pursuing your entrepreneurial dreams at this point right we are giving it our best shot yeah beautiful stuff so real estate um is not one of those careers that most folks just fall into there's typically a uh, someone somewhere along the line that's that's led them into their real estate careers. But before we get there, can we talk a little bit uh, about life before real estate?
1: Yeah, love to. It's, a, it's an important part of our story. Um, so, I mean, life before this was probably what is common for most people out there. Uh, at least for me, religious <laughs> from Romania. So that's a very atypical life. And that's a whole other podcast we could get into. She grew up in uh, Romania under a dictator and communism uh, until she was 14 and, and all of that. But at least for me, I grew up a pretty standard American upbringing, or at least for my demographic. I, uh, Uh, you know, I wouldn't say we were, we were probably lower middle to middle class. Um, Mm -hmm. I never really lacked for anything, had a lot of friends grew up. Uh, it was my parents stress, get good grades, go to university, get out, get a job, um, you know, work, retire, uh, all of that. And so we, uh, uh, I, that's what I did. I, I went to university, um, I got out, I got a job in corporate America. Uh, I was working in tech companies. Um, I had the, the fortune to work for big companies. I started with Motorola when they were uh, a giant in the industry and um, they gave me a lot of opportunity to do what I wanted to do. And so I, you know, I started climbing the ladder there. I moved to Nokia mobile phones when they were king of the mobile phone industry. Um that's ha- actually how Ligia and I met. I went overseas to open a factory in Romania and Ligia happened to work for Nokia as well and um we met literally first day in the office and and uh, sparks flew so um that kind of is our story but then um I transitioned into Microsoft uh for a little bit and most of my career is in operations and supply chain so I have a really heavy operations background um as far as that, and you can get into yours, uh, your your work life before we met it was.
2: Yeah, before we met, I definitely worked in uh, in corporate in a corporate office, and uh, after I met Mike, we started dating and uh, got married, moved here, and I got a job with a healthcare company. Uh, we lived in Plano, Texas, back then. And um, yeah, we just both worked uh, in corporate America. Really.
1: When when we met, it was 2006 when I went to Romania. For me, it was a it was a rebirth of sorts. I um, was coming out of a of a marriage, um, running away of sorts. You know, mm-hmm. I was kind of really wanting to start over fresh. Um, I was an expat, uh, so life was really good for me. I mean, my all of my housing and, and accommodations were paid for. Um, I was starting up a huge organization. And so we were hiring at a time when the US was going into a into a recession and people were getting laid off. Um, Lydia and I had the opportunity to travel Europe. Um, I mean, it was our our life was really good. It was Nokia was a wonderful company to work for, very people-centric. Um, you know, there was definitely demands of the job, but they put people very high up in the value system. And so, you know, we just had I'll say we had a fairy tale, um, three years in Romania when we met just with the things we were able to do and experience. And then when we moved to the U S we fell into that just standard corporate grind where we were working, traveling, mortgage, uh, all of that stuff. And so our pivotal moment became, came in 2016 where we both, uh, got laid off and we were both without a job. and you know, the immediate gut reaction is I got to get a job. And so started to look for things, but just had that nagging feeling in my gut that this is not what I want to go back into, you know, another big corporate company with a tough company culture and a, what have you done for me lately? And really no job security. I mean, a lot of people have that, that misunderstanding that, you know, working for someone is, is, is more job security than entrepreneurship, but you're not, they're not, you know, looking out for you most of the time. And so that was really what um, sparked something different in us to to step back and go, is this really where we want to go with the rest of our lives? Or is there something different? And so that, you know, that that kind of led up to our launch into something different.
0: So I'm, I'm curious, uh, because many people experience what you're describing, but they never really capture the essence of it. They never Address it head on. Um, they know that they're not fulfilled. They know that they're not living their dream or their best life or whatever today's buzzword is for it. Yeah. Right. But but they never address it. So uh, was there any coaching or was there anything else going on at this point or was it just kind of the shock of hey we both got laid off and that realization of you know it, it's funny you said that people talk all the time about. Uh, corporate America and, and security uh, to me it's the opposite. Uh, I tend to agree with with what you're both saying in, in uh, being an entrepreneur um, requires an immense level of discipline um, and there's a lot of risk but you really are completely in control of tomorrow if if you're not putting food on the table and if you're not living the life you want to live, there's really nobody to blame but yourself. And in corporate America, as uh, things or the markets shift and these factors shift that are entirely out of our control, you could be the best damn employee they've ever had. uh, When it's a time to contract, it's a time to contract. It it just it is what it is. So for you, was there uh, any other coaching or anything going on at that point? Or was it just that moment where you both happened to be laid off and you went, "I, I don't want this anymore?
1: Yeah, a little more of the latter. So we weren't really actively um, under any mentors or coaches at the moment. Um, I would say for us, several things lined up at that moment. And so I have two daughters from from my previous marriage. They were adulting, right? So they were both, one was in college, the other was just about to go to college. And so in a sense, we were empty nesting. That was set aside, taken care of, we didn't have to worry about mouths to feed other than the two of us. And so you know, for me, that was a big part of my um, of what locked me into a career path was was having a family and a responsibility and and it it held me back from wanting to take a leap to do something different because I did have this security mindset. but um, so so that kind of came into place. the fact that we were both out of um, work, rewind a year or two um, we had revisited Robert kiyosaki you, you said everybody's got somebody that kind of launches them into real estate well in a sense you know he was for us we just we revisited a few of his books and it was all about cash flow getting into the entrepreneur side and the investor side of the quadrant and all of those things um, so a few years back got me thinking about what could we do to generate just cash flow so that we didn't have to work for a salary so much? That led me to just more research. I stumbled across a couple of guys on podcasts that were talking about this land investing. They had gone through Mark's course that that you and I both went through the the land geek. Um, I bought his toolkit, but I was working at the time and I was, you know, and so it just, I just tossed it on the desk and it started collecting dust. Um, And in that moment, um, you know, it was really about Being anxiety ridden with um, interviewing for other companies, uh, not knowing what you're going to get when you step into another role. Are we going to have to relocate to the West Coast or, uh, you know, somewhere in in, uh, somewhere else that we didn't want to live? And so all of those things just that and being in touch with what we were thinking and feeling. And it, it just we were like let's just take a moment. We we had money in the bank fortunately. So we had means, uh we had a runway with which we could we could last out, you know, I got a severance, um we had savings. And so it gave us that cushion to be able to to take a pause and say, you know, is there a different way can we try something for a little bit of time if it doesn't work what's the worst case we go back to, to work for somebody else and get a job and and just restart but you know that those things really all lined up at that particular moment in time and we just had the um the open mindedness to sit back listen and talk about things and um you know another another key factor for me at least um is that you know in our relationship Lydia is my biggest cheerleader and and she's open to pursue whatever it is, um, you know, and and has ultimate faith that we're going to be able to do something. So that also gave me the confidence to try something radically different really than than I'd ever done before in my life. So.
0: And now at that point, your real estate background is limited to buying and, and or selling primary residence. That was it? Pretty much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My dad was actually a general contractor when I grew up. So he, he built um, homes in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And Um, he was an entrepreneur and um, I I just never picked up the bug. I, I just, it was, it was really drilled into me, you know, go to college, get a job, um, do those things. And so, yeah, that was very much, I mean, we, we, um, we had talked about maybe getting a rent house uh, and things like that, but just had never pulled the trigger. And so, yeah, really had no um, deep real estate experience. And and now you're, your partners, I
0: think it's in over 1,200 units, is that correct? In multi-family, yeah, yeah. multifamily. And, and you're doing the land investing thing. It's, it's yeah. fascinating. And we're gonna dive into uh, Deaton Equity Partners and, and you know, uh, Elevated Purpose, another site you have in open plain properties in, in a few minutes. I just wanted to jump if I could. Uh, Legia, culturally, um, was your experience with America limited to when you had met Mike?
2: Yes, pretty much. So, uh, and I was, um, I worked as an au pair uh, mm-hmm. when I was, I think in 2005, I worked as an au pair uh, for a family in Florida.
0: And and did is it, uh, I'm always fascinated by, by these types of, of chats. Was it, uh, as you came to America, did, was there really that feeling of land of the free and opportunity? I mean, was that, is that real? Like, is that? you know was that yes.
2: really what it is it is but i also was um i also looked it from from outside a little bit i was detached because i wasn't really um back then totally immersed in the culture mm-hmm. but it was yes it, it i had that feeling and uh this particular family i worked for um they were really they were entrepreneurs and they all the time were talking about what can we do what what could what, what can we invent? What could, what could be the next thing that we do? They were thinking all the time, talking all the time. So I was kind of surrounded by people that wanted more or wanted to, to just be more and have more than just what they have.
0: And those opportunities just didn't exist for you, correct?
2: No, no.
0: So it's, it's, it's amazing. It's fascinating <laughs> that, that we. We've... And one
2: thing, one thing that I wanted to add, to add when Mike said, you know, the, for me, it was easy to. I have a risk. I mean, my my risk tolerance is a little bit um, higher because I used to live. We used to live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, and um, I don't have to. I would. I didn't grow up with. I didn't develop as a, a develop myself as a person that needed a lot. So for me to jump and uh, leap, you know, take the leap of faith and try something new, even if we fail, wasn't. It wasn't a terrible idea at all because yeah. I didn't need that big cushion. You know, I just um, I'm used to, you know, living from paycheck to paycheck.
0: It's remarkable. The the excuses and the reasons that we all create in our our, our minds to not act and to get that refreshing perspective uh, where you just genuinely don't have that opportunity in other places. I think we forget how blessed we really are. Uh, to be here and, and the opportunities that we have in front of us. So so you guys have kind of this, this moment where you, you've had about enough, although it sounds like Motorola and some of these other companies were, were pretty good to you and you had mm-hmm. flexibility and you had freedom, um, but it was time to take control of your destiny, if you will, uh, in a more meaningful way. How do you go from that to 1,200 units, right? Like that—that's a heck of a, a leap. So let's talk a little bit about what happens next.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I mean, in that moment, we really took a moment to listen and 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 explore our values and what we wanted out of life, and really what it all boiled down to was time. You know, we wanted time with each other. We wanted time with our families. We wanted time to do things that we wanted to do. Which for us, it's a lot about having experiences. It's traveling um being outdoors uh, and doing things and so you know we 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 wanted to uh start our own business and we wanted it to cash flow and from what i knew about the land investing um the the ROI was just crazy um at the time right triple digits annual ROI on um on product and and things like that and so we had this toolkit and we just decided look let's allocate um a seed startup fund from our savings and give us some time and we'll just see if this works. And so, you know, to get from there to where we are today, there's some general themes and you touched on one earlier, but, you know, we knew that we needed mentors and coaches. And so that's why we signed up for Mark's program. We just said, look, let's go be, um, uh, apprenticed or let's apprentice under someone who's done it. And uh, accelerate our growth curve. And so we you know we had uh, some coaching through Mark. Um, it took us, you know, it's not a it wasn't an overnight success. We definitely um, were in the red for for quite some time until um, I mean, with land investing, as I'm sure you know, or at least the way that this program was back then, it, it was fairly much self-funded. So mm-hmm. you know you go out. and one of the things we really liked about land, was the barrier to entry is very low, um, and so you know you can buy um, properties for hundreds of dollars. Um, you can buy very expensive ones, but you know you don't have to. And and really, the sweet spot is in there in a very affordable um, bandwidth. And um, one of the one of our philosophies uh, that we have picked up on is is just the fact that money loves speed, right? So if you can just keep flipping and cash flowing and turning your inventory then, you know, that's where that comes from. And so it took us about two years. Um, we moved from Dallas, Fort Worth to Colorado, right at about the same time. Um, and so we, we were able to build up our, you know, we'll call it a passive income stream, but it's really, a a a portfolio of notes. It was in no way passive. I mean, we were actively working the business and still are a lot to this day. I mean, there, there are things you can do to make it very passive. Um, but uh, yeah, it took us a few years. We, we built up um, a nice income stream. And uh, we were, you know, back then um, had just kind of gotten back to um, a nice six figure income that uh, maybe it didn't replace my salary at uh, Microsoft, but it, it, it covered what we needed to spend. And, and we were able to put a lot back into the business. And so, you know, that was probably 2018 and we got a huge tax bill. And we were like, "Holy cow, I am not paying all these taxes uh year after year." And so that sparked us really looking for ways to diversify and that pulled us into commercial real estate and depreciable assets. Got it. And so same thing there. We just said, "Okay, well, if we're going to do this, let's find a program, a mentor, a coach, um I mean, when we started, we were thinking about, okay, a duplex or uh fourplex, more um, recourse type loans, uh, if you will, to do things. And um, I started doing a little bit of research and almost everything I looked at, people were transitioning out of that into larger scale syndications um, just to get the scale. Because, you know, when you step back and you think about um, buying a bunch of rent houses or duplexes and and getting two or $300 a month in rent in order to stack those up, uh, and, and make anything substantial, it takes quite a bit. And so that just, we just said, okay, well, let's shortcut the process and go right into syndications. And so we started shopping around for, you know, who would we want as a mentor? Uh, and, and same type of formula. We started up our, um, another arm of our company and, and focused on, on multifamily syndications. Um, We found a group that that allowed us a lot of flexibility to be able to deploy our capital, to be able to to join as general partners on deals um, right away. Rather than, you know, some groups are a little more hierarchical about their process where you have to, um, you know, just start at one level and work your way up and network and and find things. Um, We we wanted something a little bit different. And so, you know, that has enabled us to much more quickly um, join deals as partners uh, last, I would say last year, um, 12 months or so we've been sponsoring our own deals. So we're out there finding deals, uh, in addition to raising capital and bringing investors in, in deals, which is a lot of fun because, you know, it's, it's, it's great when people, um, are making, and people are making a lot of money these days in multifamily, just, I mean, you know, rents are crazy. Valuations are going up. Um, things start to cool down a little bit, but, um, you know, things have, have really been good. So it's great to bring family and friends into deals and, and have them uh, feel the power of, of cash flow and good returns and uh, a little less risky than the stock market, at least these days um, and things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's largely our formula was just find, find good network, right? Your, your net worth is good as your network. And so we're, we're, we're joining groups, networking with people, Um, huge lesson learned for us is exactly that make sure, you know, who you're partnering with, because, you know, regardless of looking at a deal on paper, if the people running the deal don't know what the heck they're doing, you're not going to get the returns that are on the piece of paper. So, um, you know, we're very selective about who we, who we agree to partner with and, and which deals we join. Um, uh, but you know, the power of, of good, um, networking and coaching and finding people that can can help shortcut and accelerate your process uh, has just been uh, invaluable for us. So, uh, yeah,
0: it it, it's everything. Um, You know, the I've I've personally closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate in my career. I've been in real estate my entire life. Nice. Um, But as I started to explore, you know, there's kind of a this business as a way of of gobbling you up a bit. And, you know, I had had my head down doing deals for so long that uh, I, I really didn't pay much attention to what was on the side. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I just was focused and and driving forward uh, and through the podcast, which for me was like my worst nightmare, <laughs> trying to to speak. Um, in a, a public way. And, and the, the show ended up picking up steam and we've got listeners in 60 countries and things I never dreamed would happen. Yeah. This was an experiment for me to just try and uh, push my, my boundaries a bit mm-hmm. and to get more comfortable. Uh, I started to meet this amazing network of, of folks, folks like you that uh, have you know jumped into the real estate game in one way or another. And I've learned so much uh, from the folks that I've met and mark uh, someone who came on the show and you know he's going to talk about land um and I'm going okay you know I've closed thousands and thousands and thousands of land transactions but boy oh boy does he have a system that is remarkable and as an entrepreneur as I was going through flight school my inclination was to tweak this and improve on that and I could do it this and you know, it, it, it was a, a little tough as I started to go through the program about how rigid they were with the approach. But as you get through it, you really start to understand why. I mean, they, they've built a model where if you want to, you can pretty much have it on cruise control and do right. as little as, 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 you, as you want. I mean, you can legitimately uh, run a portfolio, bring in a couple of hundred thousand a year and work a few hours a week. Right. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, it it was so foreign to me, um, in spite of all of this deal experience, that you can go out and buy properties for four, six, eight, (laughs) twelve hundred dollars a piece. And, um, you know, they've got a kind of a secret sauce, which I'll I'll, I'll leave out, you know, for those who are interested, they could certainly check out the Land Geek and and Mark's site. Uh, But they've got a formula for for contacting and and negotiating these deals. And man, does it, it's exciting. You know, when you start getting those responses and the letters are coming back and the calls and people really are looking to just unload this land at 25% of, of the market value.
1: Uh, I I was shocked to be honest. (laughs) We were too, quite frankly. I mean, and anybody uh, you know um, there's a, there's a, saying or maxim or whatever, right? When anytime, anytime you want to venture out and do something, uh, your circle of friends in your network, more often than not, will will think you're crazy, right? They're kind (laughs) of like this. Well, this was even exponentially greater than that. People are like, you're doing what? Yeah, like, okay, well, you know, and, and now, you know, we have people approaching us wanting to join in with us somehow, like, hey, can we get on your deals? Uh, Can you show us how you do what you do and and those kind of things. But yeah, we were skeptics at first and that's why we gave ourselves, you know, a a little, a finite amount of time and a budget and we went in and it, it took some time. I mean, our first deal, it took us about six months. Yes. Um, We, we, we bought inventory. We just were having trouble selling it and reselling it. And um, but yeah, it was, yeah, those letters come in and you're uh, it's astounding sometimes. I mean, we've had people literally give us their property. And just say, if you'll figure, and that's, we try to be problem solvers for people. Like if they have issues with, uh, probate or, um, you know, their paperwork's not quite ready or whatever, we try to step in and and solve that problem for them with the County. Um, we're by no means experts, but we can find answers. We can, we can do things and, you know, you put in your sweat equity and it's worth a lot to people. And so, you know, there are people that just are tired of paying taxes or, their spouse passed away. They were going to do something there, you know, whatever. There's all kinds of, of stories out there, but yes, it's, it's, uh it's amazing. I mean, there, there's no shortage of hate mail as well yeah. for, uh yeah. for, for insulting people with your low ball offer, but um, you know, you, 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 take your lumps and. and yeah. Go. Look, it,
0: I, I, I've rationalized this perhaps, but I feel that for every negative response We really are solving problems for people. There are Mm -hmm. people that uh, don't have a pathway. They don't have the time, the expertise, the knowledge, whatever it is, to get out from underneath that delinquent tax situation or whatever it may be. They just want to be done with it. And they're very happy to receive that letter it's my favorite part of the day honestly is to, to get <laughs> yeah. the mail and to kind of you know flip through the the bad addresses to get to those few that are, are responses but right. uh, it's it's uh, again an amazing program um I, I could not speak highly enough about it and when I was on your website um doing some homework the other day I noticed on uh, your land site you had some stuff in Castilla. And yeah, yeah. where we just did a bunch of stuff in Alamosa and I went, Oh, okay. Oh, I'd nice. yeah. I, I, I recognize some of this verbiage. I think we uh-huh. may have been in the, the same program
1: together. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good yeah, stuff. We, 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 yeah, we, we've played around in a lot of different counties and, um, we just both, we love the mountains. We love, pine trees. And we gravitate towards a lot of Colorado properties is, is where we do things. And then, you know, Northern New Mexico and Arizona and stuff. It's just, it's a lot easier to sell a property when you're passionate about it than it is like uh, West Texas dirt or something. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard, but I will say we have never gotten stuck with a piece of property. Uh, and we've always made money we've yeah. always made a lot of money. So it's amazing. You know, sometimes you'll buy something uh, even maybe sight unseen. Um, you know, you do a little bit of homework on Google earth or whatever, and you, you get a feel for it, but, um, you know, you think you have a dog and there's, there's somebody that wants, I think Mark has a saying, there's a pig for every barn and, um, it, it's proven true so far for us, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun program. I mean, I encourage people, uh, all the time to to try it. You can do it part-time, you can do it mm-hmm. full-time, you can have your kids jump in and, and help, um, you know, and and it just takes that one deal to really uh, light the fire. Right. It's 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 a lot of fun.
0: No, no doubt about it. So let's talk a little bit about the, the multifamilies again. Is it your passion to be on the passive side or do you like to work in the deal?
1: Right now, we're doing a lot of working in the deal. So I like to be very active in um, underwriting properties, making sure deal pencils out. Um, even um, I have a strong operations background. So I really um, get into asset management and making sure property managers are um, driving a business case the way it needs to be. And so we find ourselves also from the investment, we're raising equity uh, for, for deals as well. So yeah, we're very active right now. It's not the long, long long-term goal. I mean, obviously, um, I don't want to retire in the traditional sense where you kick back and you're playing golf and sitting on the couch (laughs) or whatever. I mean, I like, I like business. I like deals. I like being involved. Um, I envision, something a little bit different down the road. Um, a few more buy and hold type properties that can cash flow longer. I mean, we, we, when we got into multifamily, um, I think because of the mental path we went down where we were talking about duplexes and and smaller deals, we had a buy and hold mentality. And once we got into the world of syndications, we figured out uh, pretty much nobody's buying and holding. It's all the five or six year business model, you know, um, uh cash out refi somewhere in the middle and and sell and and flip into the next property so it's a very active um business model to be a part of um and and there's a lot going i mean um we've been talking lately so we're we um we have some active deals ongoing we have uh, a deal that we're working to close here in the next few weeks and it's stressful i mean you know you're you're trying to pull money in you're getting the equity for one deal uh interest rates are going up a lot of the bridge debt's variable right now and so you know you've got to figure out how to rescue your business plan and uh fortunately rents are going up far exceeding um a lot of things there which is actually contributing to the interest rate problem but you know it's all good i mean we i we love it and we're able to work at our own pace and um here about seven months ago we we bought a place in the mountains of colorado so that's where we live now and we 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 laugh almost every day that it's, you know, we're living in a vacation home. I mean, Mm -hmm. we sit out on the back porch and look at pine trees. We've got deer, turkey, fox, uh, just literally in the backyard bears. Yes. Legit doesn't like the bears. Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, it, it, so we're very active. Um, and I, and I'm, uh, I'm a, I won't say I'm a control freak, but I like to be in control and I like to have a say in what's happening. We are also passive investors in deals. I mean, it's, it's a, I love passive investing and, you know, at some point that's probably where we'll be some hybrid in there, um, for investors, all of our investors, it's the way to go. I mean, you put your money in, um, you start getting cash distribution checks at you know some point, soon into the deal um and you know lately deals are are selling out for crazy amounts of money it's probably setting a bad benchmark for you know when when things settle a little bit back to normal but um yeah passive investing is a way to go i mean we're all about cash flow we love bringing people into our deals um and um, but, but for us personally, we're, we're taking a little more active role. The way we're working right now is, um, Lydia is really focused on running the land business and I'm, um, a lot more active in the multifamily and the commercial space. Um, that'll change over time. It's just the nature of how we stepped into it. It was a clear, easy way to, to focus our businesses, um, and, and keep things going. But, um, like I said, I'm an operations guy. We have a weekly, uh, Planning meeting to plan out the week. What are the targets? What are the goals? We have a daily touch base meeting in the morning where we're kind of, uh, uh, we have a great working relationship, which is another, you know, wonderful aspect of our lives in that um, we complement each other very well in terms of the skill sets. From I, I like to take a more strategic, uh, longer term planning view. is down in there, um, chasing actions, uh, working. Things that need to be done. Uh, it's just it's a beautiful blend, both personally and professionally. So we've that, we've that's uh, amazing. I, yeah. I mean,
0: congratulations on on the success in, in both both areas of life because it it is so important. You had said something earlier that I, I had made a note and I wanted to revisit. Um, when when you were determining what you wanted to do in this next iteration of life, you sat mm-hmm. down and you measured uh what your options were against your values.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, something that is so seldom done. I think many wouldn't even understand what you mean by that, like literally having your your, your values, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and at least I have them written out and I understand yeah. what they mean to me and what the priorities are. Uh, and i found when it comes to decisions that in the past I, I've agonized over and, and I was unsure of, and I didn't have full confidence, uh, when you weigh them against your values, it, it provides a lot of, of clarity. Uh, for me, at least a lot of focus and it has made my decisioning far easier and it's made uh, a more harmony, if you mm-hmm. will, in my life, because for a long time, as I had said, I was head down and yeah. home life was in conflict with work, right? You know, working seven days a week, 14 hour days, constant grind. It is impossible to not bring some of that nonsense home. Um <laughs> And, and finding these pathways and and folks i'll say you know if if you have the opportunity to work with good syndicators and and people that do have the balance there is nothing better than having the right partners putting your money to work and knowing that they're executing the plan so you can enjoy those benefits there really there was a, a period a long period in my life where passive income and passive investing just I didn't even understand how to speak the language. but boy, is it a blessing when you hit on those partners and people you connect with and people you have shared values with that are looking after your money like it's their own? because in many cases it's together. and uh, it's it's just a beautiful opportunity. Um, yes.
1: You know? yeah, as well, and if I can just add on to that, um, one of the things that drew us into multifamily in particular was the the fact that you are, in most cases, and we do a lot of value add type investing where we're going in and upgrading a community, you're touching a lot of lives in bringing better living conditions into those properties. And so, you know, it's like a win, win, win all the way around when you're you know, you're you bringing investors in. They're making a, a great return on their investment. You're fulfilling and uh, bringing better living conditions to a property that's been run down um, and all those kind of things. And so that that's really one of the things that anchors us into multifamily as opposed to self-storage or or some other type of models but that that's one of the things that we decided to step because we were we were trying to decide you know which of of the commercial um uh, asset classes which one do we want to step into and 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 that was one of the deciding factors for us was just making a difference um for investors and for a community yeah No. so no no doubt um the
0: the active side of the business that uh, you, you seem to be drawn to certain elements of are you are you picking just specific geographic areas that you want to invest in? Are you in multiple states? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So we aren't um, selectively um, limiting to uh, particular markets. We, we are open to any market where the the, the underlying fundamentals are are strong. In terms of, um, you know, the growth, the employment, just the the macroeconomic factors, uh, the landlord friendliness or not the kind of the, the typical things. We have deals currently in Texas and Iowa. Um, we we look here in Colorado. We're, we're about 20 minutes west of Colorado Springs. We love that market. Um, uh, and so. As a nature of having to focus, we are only looking actively in a few markets, but our partner, we have partners that look everywhere and uh, opportunities come about. And so we're not, I'm not ruling out, um, Many markets. There are some markets that you just rule out. I mean, it's it's the nature of of things. I don't I don't uh, you know the, the factors don't work in certain things. But yeah, as a, as a, as a course of just having to focus. You know, I mean, there's only so many brokers that you can form a, a really good relationship with. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with property management companies. And then it just takes some time to understand the market fundamentals in terms of cap rates and and the macroeconomic forces that are happening and, and things like that to to really understand if a deal is good or not. You know, other than that, you're relying on someone else, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but, um, you know, you have to rely on others to, to bring the expertise. But so
0: to, to that end, before
1: I let you go, um, if you could take your crystal ball out for
0: a moment, there are a lot of factors at play in the markets now um, that I think are really unique. I've been through this is my third cycle, so I've mm-hmm. seen the ups and downs, uh, but there are some some factors at play that I've never seen before. Um, and I'm curious how what the perception is from from where where you're based. i'm I'm in New York. so uh, you know, a couple of years ago, five, maybe five years ago, we started to add legislative risk to every analysis that we did because it, it became very, very real. The, uh, the environment that we had become so accustomed to investing in had now another layer of challenges, Mm -hmm. many times, well-intended legislation, but poor execution to be fair. And, uh, we had to start looking elsewhere for uh, opportunities and with COVID, um, it, it, it went on so long in the big cities that we I believe we have seen a permanent shift in population and a permanent shift in mindset. Um, I think the the big cities will continue to see attrition. Um, they don't report it as much as as we're seeing it. It is very real that people are leaving the big cities. Um, and traditionally what's happened is these secondary markets, right? Mm -hmm. So it happened in parts of Florida twice where it was crazy and it was bedlam and then the switch flipped and it was over. The markets were dead. I'm not so sure that that repeats this time around. I believe that there are enough people that have decentralized and have relocated to these secondary markets, even some tertiary markets where- I think that some of those markets are going to stand up as we head into higher interest rates, inflation, uh, inventory challenges, and everything else that's around the corner. Uh, I'm wondering what your perspective is. Uh, are are the big cities going to to take the hit here longer term, or do you think that um, they bounce right back like they have in the past, and these secondary markets feel the effects?
1: Yeah, I I, I actually think. Um... From the COVID uh, experience, um, that we will see a little bit of a hybrid, and so I think already you've seen uh, in the big cities there was an exodus and just a, a depression. But you see, you see that you see that coming back. But I don't think it will come back fully. I do think that there's enough companies that have seen the value. Um, or the lack of a loss of value of having people work um, right. remotely that it stays and for sure uh, we we traffic primarily in secondary markets as far as the commercial um, goes I mean it's really out of um, we're just not able to play with the big boys in in a new york or a, a denver even or something where, um, just the valuations are, 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 crazy. And so because of that, we, we traffic in the, in the secondary and even the tertiary markets, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I do see continued strength there. I think the more interesting, um, dynamic that we're going to see is, is what's going to happen. And, and you bring up a good point about legislation. Um, I, I think there's a lot of risk, um, with the way rents have grown relative to, um, uh, wages. Yeah. Um, that we may see more localized um, boundaries put around it, whether you call it rent control or whatever. I, I think it almost becomes inevitable unless the market somehow, um, you know, takes care of itself in a way, which is likely. I mean there are there are forces at play that are trying to, but it's just to your point, this isn't unusual in, in that, you know um employment is so full right now e- even though you know there's a lot of businesses looking for it but maybe i should flip that and say unemployment is so low um that um and it it feels like uh, i know there's a lot of people who would argue against this but it feels like um people have means right now they have money to spend um we we talk about it all the time i mean inflation is is um it's at its highest point in in many decades. Uh, a lot of people will tell you it's underreported. It's higher than it is. Uh, all this stuff, which has pretty much always been the case, but um, it, it's a weird dynamic because, I mean, people aren't slowing down. And I guess that will come at some point, right? The pain will get uh, en- enough to where uh, some people will just have to. But we know people that are, you know, they're buying cars, they're taking big vacations, they're just, you know, going going like there's nothing going on. Yeah, but um, it,
0: and- it, it, you hit on a few points there that, um, and and I think there's reasons and there's there's factors behind it. I think the decentralization is part of it. Folks took a, a chunk of cash from far more expensive markets, and they're now in these secondary and tertiary markets. They have more disposable income, <laughs> yeah. right, at their fingertips. Yeah. Um, you hit on maybe the most salient point when the when the big companies went from a punitive mindset. If you're not in the office to, Oh, this is an opportunity, right? And we're seeing big companies, big law firms, big banks, big institutions, breaking leases in the city mm-hmm. and going, Hmm, 25, 30% discounts to salaries. None of the issues yeah, in the workplace anymore. Yeah. yeah. Hey, okay. That works. Uh, and, and when I saw the big funds um, shift, and start buying thousands of single family homes, which is something I'd never seen before either. And I think in part, because of exactly what you talked about, I think their legislation is right around the corner in a lot of these markets uh, to keep, look, we have a housing crisis in this country. Anyway, you cut it, right? we we're, Rent is too damn high. There's not enough housing units um, and there has to be some sort of balance. And I think that that is also right around the corner. And I think the big funds ran from that in advance of it checked out at record cap rates, you know, yeah. deals that we, you and I could never play in, you know, yeah. or, or at yeah. least I, we don't have any interest in playing in it, at three and a half and 4% returns. But that's where these, these big dogs were trading. Um, and we saw a lot of them head for the Hills and, and traded in for the single family. So I thought that that was another telling, telling sign, but I think you're, you're, you guys are spot on. Uh, I think that there's, Still a good bit of runway ahead of us. Some great opportunity out yeah. there. Um, you know, I love the conversation today, guys. Where Where, where is the most convenient place or if people want to connect with you, where where are
1: we pointing them to? You know, we, we put a landing page on our website at deep and Equity partners slash freedom, and we tried to make it just a one stop shop. So we have our contact info up there. We have a couple of um uh, publications that you can pull down if you're interested in land we have a little bit of a primer which um, has some links to people that have training programs uh, a quick high level process on how that whole thing works we've got a bit on uh, commercial real estate and um, how to get into passive investing uh, all those kind of things are right there so we, we just make it easy for people you can go there and then leap wherever you want to go well
0: as always the the links will be below folks mike legia thank you so much for a wonderful conversation and best of luck yeah, thanks, James. Thank it's a pleasure. Thank
2: you so much for having Thanks.
0: Us. As always, everybody, please stay safe.